This is the nuttiest. Hey, listen, we just did a real talk. Uh, and it's terrible. <laughs> we just started talking about losing our salvation. I'm, we I'm, went for 20 minutes. Right now I'm comfort eating. Because <laughs> we, went, we went for 20 minutes. We just made the topic worse. More confusion. More questions. It's it's such a hard topic. Losing your salvation. And there's so much to talk about. And I have to comfort eat So now. we're going to eat pistachios. I'm going to ask the Lord. Nuts. To help us and hopefully get something out of this one. Listen, do yourself a favor. <laughs> Find something to do for the next 20 minutes that's not watching this video. Hey, welcome back to Real Talk. He's Joe, I'm Brad. You ready to go deep? And wide. <laughs> and wide, yes. Deep and wide. Yeah. Wow. yeah. We're going deep today. Kind of. So, yeah, we're going to talk a little bit of theology today. We're going to take on some of these questions that people often ask us. And we want to try and answer them. We don't always go deep? Well, sometimes we eat weird things and... Mm. No, we're going to go a little deeper today. So it's real. It's real. And deep. And we're talking. It's real talk. Real talk that's deep. Yeah. <laughs> Not wide, though. So what we're going to talk With about today is... all these nuts, I'm getting wider. Okay. All right. What are we talking about today? We're going to talk about this question. Can we lose our salvation? You ready? Mm. I mean, that's a question that I think everyone has thought of. Lots of people have argued over, mm -hmm. and so here we go. Especially in October, like Halloween. It feels very flame So what you do at your family <laughs> Halloween party? I don't know. It just makes me think of hell. <laughs> Losing your salvation makes me think of hell. Okay. That's great. So some of this conversation, though, is there's some opinion in here. Mm -hmm. There's some debate in here. But when it comes to theology, we, we, we always, you and I say this, we start with, man, we agree on more than we mm -hmm. just... For Christianity, not us, just Christians in general, mm -hmm. we agree on way more than we disagree, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it's so interesting because some of the disagreements that we have are over the parts of the Bible that are less clear or God has left mystery. Oh, yeah. So the amazing amount of consistency in the, in the Bible and what it teaches and the main things, keeping the main things, the main things. But some of these kind of questions like, can you lose your salvation, are the types of things that you could make an argument. I mean, good Bible scholars who know their Bibles really yeah. well man, could argue and debate this, and we could listen in and go, whoa, she's making a great point. He's making a great point. Right. So some of the areas where there's mystery is often where there's disagreement, and we need faith and humility yep. to approach all of these topics. Right. So before we get to can I lose my salvation, let's just start at the basics, all right? Just the basics that wherever you come down on this issue, you're going to agree on a few things, right? Okay. All of us have sinned. The Bible okay. teaches the this. The Bible teaches that. And the wages, it says, of sin, you think about wages like your paycheck. What, that's what you've earned, right? The wages of sin, what sin earns you is death. And not just physical death? Right. But spiritual, eternal, separated from mm -hmm. all that is good, all that is God, right? Mm -hmm. But God from the beginning has a plan. He creates a people for himself who he can bless, who he can give good things to. Mm -hmm. We break it, this thing, right? We sin and break this thing. But again, God has a rescue plan, and he sends his son, Jesus. Jesus comes to earth, the son of God. He lives a perfect life, and he dies on a cross. And the Bible says that anyone who believes in mm -hmm. Jesus, anyone, anyone shall not perish. Remember, the wages of sin is death, spiritual death. Shall not perish, but have eternal life, mm -hmm. everlasting life life. Mm -hmm. So that is available to anyone who believes. Absolute Orthodox Christianity. Good basics? 
taught from the beginning, the brokenness of humanity, the salvation of God, which is good news mm -hmm. to those who receive it and recognize that they're sinful. And I guess the bad news part of it is that we're all destined to perish right. without the hope of Christ. Right. We don't like to talk about the bad news, but it's the bad news that actually sets up the good news. Right. Maybe the reality check that we're all broken and sinful and we need Jesus. Right. So, so Jesus says anyone who calls on him, anyone who believes in him has eternal life. So it's the work of Christ and mm -hmm. some response of ours to believe mm -hmm. in him. Yep. And that is sort of how salvation comes about, right? And from beginning to end of the Bible, think worth noting, is salvation has always been accessed by faith. That's right. Right? So it's like, it's not by my good works. I don't like have a checklist of bad things I've done and I try to outdo the bad things with the good things. Or if it's on a weighted thing, like here's the scale right. of right. balance, like heavy all the bad things, so I've got to add good things to outweigh the bad things. That's not it. From beginning of the Bible, the righteous will live by faith. Those right. who are declared not guilty of their sins, it's because of faith, faith. in yep. Jesus Christ. Yep. So a person, anyone has access to this faith, mm -hmm. right? That's what John 3.16 tells us. Anyone who believes. Right now, there are a lot of um, things just in known culture, though, about people who have these faith deconstruction stories. You hear this a lot. Like, people go, I was raised in the church, but then I went through this thing. It's faith, sort of a deconstruction of my faith, and maybe now I don't believe, right? So you look at people like that, and you go, can a person lose their salvation? Or we all know people who, maybe we went to church with them as kids, and they were active in youth group right mm -hmm. next to us. And then we look years mm -hmm. later, and it doesn't seem like they're walking with the Lord. And mm -hmm. so it brings up these questions of, can a person lose their salvation? So that's where we are. So you've been rescued. You know, you, you have noticed in your heart that you're sinful. You have seen Jesus and said, he is good news, and I put my trust in him. Is it possible to undo that, right. unravel that, or to behave poorly enough that that decision is sort of erased or not? Yeah, and, and so this could be, that is one option, that it could be erased, or that I surrender my salvation. I forfeit oh. my salvation. I go, I don't want this anymore. Yeah. Right? Sometimes it's voluntary. I mean, I think we argue all day long that God gives us free will. He gives us the ability to choose. And so... If you carry that out, one might say he also gives us the ability to forfeit our salvation, to walk away from that. What does the Bible say is what we Yikes. want to talk about. Yikes! Why are we going deep? <laughs> so, we can, we can throw passages mm -hmm. at this in every direction, and we're going to for a moment, that's okay? The, that's the plan. Good. So like, I, what comes instantly to my mind is 2 Corinthians 5, 17, mm -hmm. says that if anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation, the old is gone, mm -hmm. The new has come. So when I hear that, I go, the old, the ways apart from God, is gone. Doesn't exist anymore. Is gone. If something's gone, I would go, well, maybe that, okay, maybe I can't go back to that. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's one argument for like, no, can't lose my salvation because that old life, that old self is gone. Yes. And yet... Okay, I made this decision. Yep. There's this new life, and we've seen this pattern of people. It's like quick change, behavior change, good for three weeks, three months, three years, and then going backwards. Right. 
And so is, is that actually losing salvation or is that modifying behavior? Mm -hmm. So the old is gone. It's yep. not possible to go back to. Right. But can my behavior turn around? So like I, I started to live in a certain right. way to honor Jesus, but then I decided I don't really care about that anymore and I started to go back to my old ways. Is, is that actually a loss of salvation yep. or a change of behavior? Right, in, in which case there was never salvation. Yeah, I mean, maybe some people would suggesting? argue yeah. that, that, that was that person even saved yeah. or rescued? Was that... Per- yeah. Right, and some of this is semantics. It's really, this is why I think theologians debate it. Yeah. It's like, what, what is actual salvation? Right. How far does it go? Sure. So I think, well, go ahead. No, well, let me throw a couple more verses on, yeah, yeah. on this. So like Philippians 1 says that God uh, com- completes what he starts. He who began a good work in yes. you will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. So if God begins a work of salvation in you, the promise seemingly, according mm-hmm. to Paul, is that he will complete it. Mm-hmm. Not that he'll stop halfway through mm-hmm. the project or he'll start dismantling what yep. he was building. No, he's actually going to see it through. So maybe another like mm-hmm. push towards, uh, if he starts that work of salvation, he's going to finish it. Mm-hmm. But let me throw a wrench into that thinking, right? Because Hebrews in Hebrews oh, 6, I know, Hebrews six. super hard, right? Listen, Hebrews 6 verse 4 says, It is impossible for those who have once been mm-hmm. enlightened who have tasted the heavenly gift, who have shared in the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. these seem to be things that line up with salvation, mm-hmm. who have tasted the goodness of the word of God, the power of the coming age, and who, and who have fallen away. Remember, it said it's impossible yeah. for people who have tasted and have fallen away. It's impossible for them to be brought back to repentance. So if I just take that verse, a person hears God's word, is changed by the power, starts walking with the spirit. These seem to be signs that this person is saved, and then they walk away, this seems mm-hmm. to imply, and not just that, but they can't go back again. What? I mean, and this is why there's so much disagreement. Right. And so I think some of this comes down to, what is your view of God's role in salvation mm-hmm. versus humanity's role? Mm-hmm. So there's all these other verses that says, God, who God foreknew, mm-hmm. right. he chose. Yeah predestined, elected, predestined, glorified, all all of of that. So it's like God is, how can you resist what God is doing? I mean, no one comes to the Father unless the Father draws that person. So having an understanding of what's the role of the sovereignty of God in saving people Mm -hmm. and bringing them into the saving knowledge of relationship and what's the role of humanity? And can anyone resist God's, right? So some theologians will go, how can you resist God's will? If he's drawing and right. calling and predestined, there's no way to go back on it. Right. So is this really like, oh, people that have thought they were saved because they heard, but God never really initiated that. They're mm-hmm. just sort of modifying behavior or going with the crowds or mm-hmm. everybody's going in this spiritual mm-hmm. direction, so I'm going to go in this spiritual direction. But at the end of the day, there was no regeneration mm-hmm. of the heart, no real change, and the old wasn't ever gone. And then so some people who argue a loss of salvation will say someone was never really even saved. Right. They were never even adopted into the family of God. And that's why the Hebrew 6, it's like they thought. Yeah, maybe. Uh huh. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But where does the sovereignty of God and human decision come together? Yeah. I, that's hard. I mean, some of this, I think, has to do with how do we explain what actually happened on the cross? Right, so 
what is it that Jesus was actually doing on the cross? Was he in fact paying the uh, taking on the wrath of God mm-hmm. to fully pay that, or was he just creating a way for us to have a relationship with God? Because what's interesting is, if you look at it from, no, he was paying the mm-hmm. price. This is a this is a court of law thing. Mm-hmm. This is a judicial mm-hmm. thing. Then that's done, done, right? But if you look at it more as he was making a way for us to have a relationship with God, well, I can enter in and out of relationship, yep. certainly in and out of favor in a relationship, off and on all the time. Yeah, and and this is where. Again, if we had theologians smarter than both of us, oh yeah, they would lay this stuff down, and we'd both be like, "Oh yeah. crap!" Who love the Lord know the oh Bible gosh, better than we do? Better than we do. It's with, hard, as I see it. I mean, there's so much in the love of God towards humanity, creating this rescue plan. I mean, giving us a choice, yeah. yes, but loving us so much that He puts this plan in place. Yeah to give people options, and all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So you call upon the name of the Lord, you're saved. God does this work inside of us, right? And he's initiated it in how he's built us, giving us choices, sending his son, giving us choices, and yet there's something about the fact, the love of God, that when he stamps his name on you, I mean, I like to just say, like, once he decides you're adopted into the family and you go, I need to be adopted, and God goes, right. I'm adopting you, how can he unadopt you? On one level, there's an aspect of all of this when you pull all the layers back. What happened on the cross? What is God doing? What's God's role, man's role? There's a part of this that God's glory is actually at stake in our decision making. And at some point does he go, yeah, you guys screw around and mess up and make all kinds of mistakes and backslide and try to say you don't want me anymore. But the reality is I love you too much and my glory is at stake Mm -hmm. to let you go. I mean, is it not unlike even him adopting the children of Israel? Mm -hmm. Is there anything that would unadopt the children of Israel? Mm -hmm. And yet the children of Israel experience the discipline of God. Sure, There's hardship and all kinds of chaos and problems in the children of Israel. And yet God's name is at stake in the children of Israel from the beginning of the moment he adopted them as his children all the way and all their ups and downs of their journey. Is it possible for them to lose the favor of God on them. I don't think so. And yet they're making individual decisions that are costing them big time. Right. Yeah. I'm not sure that's a good analogy, actually, though. It might, well, might, it might actually make things more confusing because does it mean that all people that are chosen, the chosen people, does it mean that they're all eternally with God? Well, I think this is where we have to be careful that we, there's, there's, God speaks to us corporately and individually, yes. right? And we have to sort of parse that out and know mm-hmm. which is which. I also think there's something about when we look at the cross and the work of Jesus, we we reduce the cross to an issue of salvation mm-hmm. only. Yes. But Jesus is not just the heavenly bouncer whose goal is to get you inside the club at the end of your life. Jesus' goal is actually that heaven comes to earth. Mm-hmm. Like that is the goal of God, is that his goodness and his blessing and his favor actually come and meet earth. And in this whole conversation, we reduce the cross to just, are you in or are you out? Yeah. Are you, do you get to the fork in the road at the end of your life and go left or right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's more than that. It's heaven and blessing and goodness yeah. coming to earth and peace coming to earth now. Mm-hmm. And, and I wonder if that's what even the biblical writers had such a more corporate view of things, right? So I just look at John, uh, John 10 and think of the stuff that Jesus is saying in John 10 that it's so much about 
him being a good shepherd. Oh, uh-huh. Right? And so he's, he's talking about, uh, you know, I am the good shepherd, I am the gatekeeper. A lot of it is pointing to what he's going to do to die, mm-hmm. all this stuff. But he says, I, I tell you the truth. Um, the works I do in my Father's name testify about me, but you do not believe because you, do not, because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. Okay? I know them, and they follow me. There's this relationship between the sheep and the shepherd. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hands. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. So there's this cosmic grand work of God the Father. My Father gives it, and it's greater than all, and no one can snatch him out of my Father's hands. So there is this aspect of the sovereignty and goodness and cosmic nature of God doing a work in all of humanity, not just at the individual level, that his glory is at stake. Mm -hmm. And when he brings people and we know his voice, we hear his voice, we follow his voice, we say yes to his voice, how can that ever be undone, even by my greatest mistakes? Yeah. Good. Do you know? the shepherd's voice. Mm. I mean, because if you've heard that voice, if you've heard God's voice and said yes to it, I mean, you might make all kind of stupid decisions, Yeah. but you can't even snatch yourself out of the strength of God's hand. And again, oh, there's theologi- theologians that would disagree with yep. me yep. on that, but it's like, I just, I, I don't know. It's like, you can't even make boneheaded enough decisions to get yourself out of my hand because yeah. you heard my voice, you followed my voice, and now I have you in my hands and I'm not gonna let you go no matter what you do. Mm-hmm. Good. That stinks, yeah. this is hard. It's hard, it's hard. And we can throw analogies at it from every direction and try and solve it, but it, it seems to me really comforting to think, man, there's nothing I could do to outsin the grace of Jesus, first of all. Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing where he goes, Oh, I went to, oh, I'm not, I didn't die for that. So it's like, I can't, I couldn't lose my salvation in that sense where it's like, no, you just went too deep in your sin on this one. No. No, thank God, right? Because that's a burden I can't carry. I mean, there's such security and comfort in that. And some people, I think when they hear that, they go, well, what are we, we're to sin, so grace abounds. Paul uses this sort of rhetorical question or something like that, some word. Like, no, but there's something so great about God that even 1 Corinthians 3 where it's like, well, some of you are going to make it, but you're going to make it by fire. Like, you're barely going to make it, but he's not going to let you go. There's now no condemnation, right? It's over because it was paid for on the cross, and now we're his and his forevermore. Wow, that makes God great even when I am, like, I don't know. I think there's people that cuss God out. Yeah. Is his grace bigger than that? And his grace is bigger than that. And I just think of Jesus saying in John 1, just follow me. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, you're going to mess this thing up. Just follow me. But if we had to, if we, if we position this, that we have to get it right all the time. And if we get it wrong just a little bit, what does that make of the character of God? Yeah. That he's almost like this cosmic like bully yeah. waiting for us to slip up and yeah. oh you know what he came to know me when he was young but now he's backsliding and walking away and I can't wait to smash him yeah. it's like that's not who he is yeah. he's cheering us on going you're my child you're my son my daughter even on your worst days I still love you I still want you you're still in my family nothing can separate you from my love good 
This we went not, deep enough. No, I, I don't know. I don't. I think we probably made more questions than probably because people have been arguing over this for centuries. Yeah. But we have a God who says, "Come to me." Mm -hmm. So even in this conversation, we can go to Him and go. This conversation is exhausting, and this is a hard topic. But He goes, "Come to me." and let me give you peace, and anyone who yeah. believes in their heart and confesses mm -hmm. with their mouth will be saved. And at the end of the day, that is in his word, and that's enough. And I, I think that's true theologically, but let's just take one more angle practically. There are people out there watching right now that are afraid of losing their salvation, mm -hmm. right? And so they're living in fear that they might, if they do one little thing wrong, like they're asking themselves, am I saved? Mm -hmm. And if I do this, do I lose my salvation? Mm -hmm. It's like, that's not the heart of God. No. And we just, like, even if you're asking those questions, you're probably listening to the voice of God yep. and hearing his voice, and my sheep hear my voice, yep. and they follow me. So just hear his voice and follow him, and don't let fear drive you, because that's the opposite of faith. Good. Yeah, maybe. Hey, we love your questions, so keep them coming because we want to be able to talk about them here on Real Talk. So we're thankful for this one that somebody presented, and we'll get to another one. Let's do it. Good. See you next time. That was crap. That was absolute donkey <laughs> crap.